0: Do you want to transform your product experience, learn how to drive sales, reduce returns, and boost customer loyalty? Tune in to this episode of Talk Commerce as we explore the power of product experience strategies with Kristen Narragon, Chief Strategy and Marketing Officer at Akinio. Kristen shares tangible examples of how centralized product data and AI-powered workflows are revolutionizing retail for companies like Rural King, Staples Canada, and more. Discover key tactics to gather buy-in across your organization and build a business case for prioritizing product experience. Hear firsthand from Kristen on the impact's augmented reality and generative AI are having on digital shopping journeys. From virtual try-ons to automated content creation, she reveals the latest innovation shaping the future of e-commerce. You can't afford to miss these insights from product experience expert Kristen Naragon. Subscribe now so you don't miss an episode of Talk Commerce. But first, a word from our sponsors.
1: Are you lost in the content creation chaos, struggling under the burden of high costs and complications? Does the thought of regular content posting make you break out in hives? We feel your pain, but don't despair. Your content hero has arrived. Introducing content basis, delivering unparalleled content creation, and scheduling solutions crafted specifically for your audience and needs. Harnessing the power of AI, we efficiently deliver on-point content every time. Our U.S.-based team meticulously reviews each piece, ensuring authenticity and precision. We value your unique voice and insights. You direct the final shape while we handle ideation to execution. With auto-scheduling, your content always finds its audience. And with bi-weekly check-ins, our strategies sync with your vision. At Content Basis, we're your dedicated ally in the content battlefield. From ideation to posting, we've got your content journey covered. Visit contentbasis.io and say goodbye to content chaos today. That's contentbasis.io. You're listening to Talk Commerce. Subscribe and download at talk-commerce.com.
2: Welcome to this episode of Talk Commerce. Today, I have Kristen Narragon from Akinio. Kristen, go ahead, do an introduction for yourself. Tell us your day-to-day role and maybe one of your passions in life.
3: Ooh, okay. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, yes, my name is Kristen Aragon, and I'm the Chief Strategy and Marketing Officer here at Akinio. Uh, we're the product experience company. Uh, we're a software company that uh, has a product cloud offering at the cores of PIM. Um, and I've been here for goodness it'll be four years in February, so next month and um a passion that I have well, I just have to say the passion that I have is two so one one is my kids who I draw and don't get enough time with uh and the other is fitness, and right now the thing I can fit in is my peloton, so love my peloton
2: Awesome, all right, good. <laughs> All right. So um, before we get into talking more about exercise and Peloton and and uh, what's your goals for this year, uh, what we're actually going to talk about is your product experience cloud, but and AI and and PIMS and things like that. But <laughs> before we do that, I wanted to, I would like to tell you a joke, and then all you have to do is say, should this joke be free, or do you think at some point we could charge for it? So here we go. There's this there's a special species of birds that is really good at holding stuff together. They're called Velcros.
3: I mean, should it be free or one day we'll, we need to pay for this thing. It's, it's a pretty great joke. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> Thank you. I, I know we we had, the, the, for the listeners, we did have some technical, ex- little technical problems so that kind of ruined my punchline, but let's move on to actual content. <laughs> How's that?
4: In the ever-evolving retail landscape, one platform is changing the game, ushering in a retail renaissance that puts relationships at the forefront. Welcome to Endear. Endear is a CRM built for omni-channel brands, empowering them with the consumer data to deliver a personalized, efficient customer experience that drives sales and retention. Imagine a tool that intuitively understands your customers' needs, giving your brand a remarkable edge don't believe us geronimo from rebag says i've used every crm from salesforce down and endear is the best one i've found for us with endear your team isn't just selling products and crafting stories that resonate nurturing connections that last it's not just a crm it's a tool that empowers your sales associates to make personalized connections bridging brands and customers like never before ready to redefine retail clienteling with a platform trusted by hundreds of omnichannel brands around the globe. Request your and dear demo today and enter a future of enriched connections and unparalleled customer loyalty.
2: Uh, tell us give us a, a little bit of background uh, for those who don't know what A Kineo is, where it started, you know give me the, the elevator pitch on it.
3: Yeah, so Akinio is uh, the product experience company. And what that means, actually, you know what? I could describe what that means and what we serve with an example. And maybe it, the listeners here will all be able to relate to some of you. We're going through a little renovation in the house right now, uh, setting up a media room. And we have some components already. We have some stereo equipment. Uh, but. Of course, we need more. Apparently, there are ceiling uh, speakers that are now the new rage that I did not know about. So, my husband, in his search for compatible audiovisual equipment, does the normal thing, goes online, goes to different retailers to try to figure out what speakers, what other equipment, what wires uh, are compatible with the stuff that we currently have and will look good and match with everything else. And so, you know, he searches for specific attributes. Um, He finds in one retailer some information, goes to another retailer because it's not quite enough for him to make a purchase and looks for extra information, goes to a third, finds that actually there's conflicting information. So he's really not sure if this one speaker is compatible with our set goes eventually to the manufacturer's website, looks on their website. Of course, they don't sell direct to consumer, but they have information, not enough. So he sees that there's a chat and it goes to the customer support agents, asks the question. They come back with a lot more information that he's armed with to go back to the retailers and figure out if they have the right products. And he asks me, why? why do the retailers have different information? Some of it is in conflict on the same product lines, uh, is sold in different places. Uh, why did the manufacturer not have it listed and easily discoverable by attribute, by category, by compatibility on their own website or the retailer's website? And the answer is that neither the manufacturer nor those retailers have a core PX strategy. They they don't understand that the information that they're displaying, all of those moments where their product is trying to be discovered, being researched, understanding those compatibility attributes, all of those things are stored in a PIM, in our case, a product cloud that has a PIM at its core, so that The manufacturer, in this case, if they had that strategy, could categorize and describe all of that information. Make sure that they had filters and entities to ensure product associations and compatibility for their products was very clear and very detailed. That the categories on the websites uh, for those distributors, for those retailers, that they had all of the attributes needed to categorize the different um, types of products that would go with each other, all of these things. This this is a clear indication of what is going wrong with certain businesses when they don't have a product experience strategy and what Kinio uniquely solves for.
2: Okay, that's perfect. Um, I, I like to also, for, like from a merchant standpoint, a good way to describe a PIM, and correct me if I'm wrong, but... Yeah. A good way to describe a pin is having all your product data in one place that you can distribute to other channels. Like if if a super simple version of it, right, that you have you can you can store everything that you want to talk about on your product images, everything, language um, descriptions. And then you can publish that to different channels, your POS, your your e-commerce, your catalog, your other store views, things like that,
3: your marketing channels, if you have a print catalog, if you are on social media, um, all of those things. Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting that there's been such a um, investment over the last few decades in the centralized customer record. <laughs> know everything about your customers, which is impossible. Um, but what is possible, what you can control and what you should be controlling is the product information. Like having that core record categorized, catalogued, complete, enriched to support all of those different destinations where your product information shows up and you can control that information. You you own that information. Uh, it's a bit of a, a lag, I think, in the in the market, uh, really figuring out how to create amazing customer experiences by delivering on product information. Thanks to, a, a PIM.
2: Yeah. So, you know, I, I think I, I love the term product experience. Um, and I think a lot of businesses just maybe overlook the idea what, what impacts have you seen where businesses have adopted this, uh, product experience strategy, um, Already, what like looking at businesses that have already done this? What sort of impacts have you seen uh, from from their product standpoint?
3: Sure, it's it's pretty fascinating actually, and it touches a lot of parts of the business. So overall, um, the return on investment uh, that that we see with our customers it's pretty it's pretty crazy actually. The Return on investment for uh, buying a PIM, leveraging the PIM, adopting it inside of your organization with a strategy. We commissioned a Forrester report that yielded back the number for us, and it was 365% ROI, which is pretty outrageous. But if you unpack that, you'll see why. Um, We have uh, a company like Rural King um, as a customer, and they... Um, are retailers of farm equipment and farm supplies in rural America. They increased the portfolio of new products that they sold by 50% by implementing a PIM, which is pretty substantial. Um, They also had a 36% increase in sales during the first Black Friday after fully implementing their PIM. That's also pretty significant. Thanks to the PIM, they were able to, with... um, the uh, with covid they were able to pivot their business model real quickly to online purchase with in-store pickup and that increased their online that that motion the sales by 34 percent so this is like a huge sales lifts um by implementing a PIM. we have staples canada that cut their time to market so when they receive products from their suppliers and then put them on their sales channels that time to market used to be 24 hours. They do it now in 15 minutes. So the lost sales opportunity of not being able to get your products in market quickly, it's huge, right? Like that's that's a big impact. Um, we have a fast fashion company in the UK, Boohoo, that can create up to 300,000 SKUs in a single day. This is like rapid Product description enrichment, and then display three hundred thousand products in a single day. Um, and then on on the employee side, imagine that before a PIM or with a you know a PIM that's not well suited for um, business adoption, we've got um, people who are doing a lot of workarounds and manual searches and manual completions and um, sharing of files, the classic Excel spreadsheets. Um, so it's pretty drudgerous work. It's um, not fun. There's high employee turnover. Uh, and there's a lot of wasted time. And so we've got uh, a company called Arkema that saved two and a half million uh, euros by freeing up, freeing up 8,557 days of employee time, which is significant. <laughs> Um, so a lot of a really great uh, savings and employee satisfaction and um, reduced returns, increased sales, faster time to market, a lot of impacts for implementing a product experience strategy.
2: Um, if, if I'm a CMO or I'm a marketing leader and I know I need a PIM for my e-commerce uh, environment, um, and let's just say that it's a company that's growing. They're adding multiple channels, uh, but let's just say their CFO doesn't believe in it or doesn't know about it. What 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 do you do to help them understand the need for it and how that benefits? You you gave us a, some good ROI examples, but mm-hmm. is there is there tactics that you can give to your um your your marketing person who knows they need it, but they'll also need to sell it to the leadership team?
3: Yeah, quite a few, actually. So we've, we've worked with um, uh, some companies to um, make the broader case uh, for impact on the business. So for sure, uh, the marketing department, the people in charge of um, uh, positioning the products are absolutely a stakeholder here. But if that person also goes and finds uh, the head of IT, right, the CIO, the CTO, um, and if that CIO, CTO has a broad view of the different stakeholders in what those activities are that they're doing in their silos. So let's say um, the, the IT team is getting uh, requests from the e-commerce team, they're getting quest- requests from the uh, marketplaces team, um, the team that is distributing to uh, third party um, retailers and distributors, all with similar pain points uh, around, you know, help me to consolidate this data, help me to map uh, all of these sources, like from your the ERP system or from um, different suppliers and put them into one single place so that I can get it to my siloed channel, that's a, another stakeholder, that CIO, CTO, that's going to benefit from um, reduced uh, friction and um, accelerated time to market uh, f- by implementing a PIM. So it's it's gathering stakeholders. And if you have multiple brands, multiple departments, um, all of those stakeholders have a PIM problem. If there are products to sell, there is a PIM that's needed. I would say the first thing is really gathering all of those various different stakeholders that you can find um, to help bolster the case. That's one. to absolutely leverage um, some of those ROI reports that we have. Um, we also have a... Uh, product experience strategy self-assessment tool um, that you can take free uh, at uh, kineo.com. And that also uh, helps to build the case for A, where you are in your product experience strategy journey, let's say. Uh, and what you could do, like quick tips and tricks, um, rich tips and tricks, I'd say, uh, to to increase and improve um, that PX experience and the impact it'll have on the business.
2: I, I like where you went there. I, I think um, that a lot of times, all those, all the, all the C level people don't quite, maybe they don't understand the the in- intricacies of what a marketing team wants, what the, what the, what the um, technology team wants, what, what do you tell them? How, do, do you have a strategy to help build the bridge between the technology team and the marketing team to, to help them understand some of those cost savings?
3: Yeah, I, I honestly, it, a lot of it lies in those examples from our customers. Um, and so we do have, uh, depending on the stakeholder, a lot of um, different examples of uh, champions from our customers from different parts of the organization who um, benefited from implementing. So we, we have a, a well-known um, B2B company, primarily B2B company, they, they have um, heavy equipment. They manufacture and sell heavy equipment, uh, a lot of it for farming, a lot of it for construction and manufacturing, and they also had a smaller but higher growth consumer business. And you imagine all the different stakeholders there. There's there's the reseller business, there's the parts and fitment business, there's the new, new product manufacturing business, there's the consumer business, lots of different stakeholders. And they needed to have content for... Instagram. They were they were moving into making sure they had product information on Instagram so that they could not only reach um, uh, consumers but also show in context a a more friendly um, uh, experience to businesses as well. And we have those stakeholders coming together to say, "Hey, this is this is a chaotic, time consuming." drag on our business. And uh, we, have, we have a lot of those stories that we share with our, our prospects um, to, to make sure that they understand that, yes, you might be, the first use case might be, hey, I'm launching or changing my e-commerce front end. And so now's a good time to swap out my PIM or start with a PIM. Um, but that's just step one, phase one. And I know that I will help the business streamline so many other go-to-market motions
2: Um, i i want to key in on 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 the point of using instagram and i think that a lot of marketers and i shouldn't make this assumption but a lot of them don't put together the fact that product information is as important as content information Mm. and your content is driven from product Uh, just a couple minutes on on how the important that is to get that product information out to content, to to platforms, blogging, articles, PRs, uh, anything that some marketer would do to generate content, it all starts with a product, right? And I think that's all, always overlooked.
3: It is sadly always overlooked. I think the number one issue that uh, we have in helping these companies is awareness of that problem. And... Um, you know, I, we, we see we had a lot of great growth this year and a pretty tough um, buying climate for software in general. And I think it's um, part and parcel to some of the information we've been able to get out about, you know, just that impact of implementing this, this strategy on the business to, to help save it. Right. If, if things are going bad and we're all in a tough economic climate, but also to help growth and help accelerate growth in good times and, and maybe not such so, so good times. And yes, it's the you never know where your customers are going to go, where they're going to start their journey, we're going to end their journey, what those um, touch points are that guide them through uh, to conversion. And actually it's not even as important to convert these days as it is to keep the customer and not have them return the product. The impact of product returns on a company as well as the environment is just, it's devastating. It's devastating for all of us. Um, And so making sure that the product information that is displayed along that journey, no matter where those customers happen to go and look, um, making sure it's consistent, making sure that it's complete so that like my husband who's going and shopping, if he buys this, uh, you know, a, a wire to to connect the dots here for our media room and it doesn't, it, is, it actually isn't compatible, he's returning that and he had a bad customer experience. He might not ever go back to that retailer um, because it all could have been solved with this product information solution. Um, so, it's it seems so obvious i guess and sometimes the things that seem so obvious are often overlooked
2: yeah i i, I agree with that 100% um so it, it's one of the things that um that we've been talking about last year and i don't know if if um if your listeners were if our listeners were aware but there's this thing called ai that's come out
3: <laughs> oh yeah
2: and um i'm sure that <laughs> that it's crossing paths with other <laughs> technology in our industry. Um, tell us a little bit about where you see 2024 going, both for the commerce world and the corporate world, but in, specifically in this product experience world um, and the use of AI.
3: Yeah. Well, so much to talk about here. That's fun. Um, so. I'll start with the context of how AI um, is working its way into product experience management. And um, for us, it starts with um, the launch of our app store inside of our PIM uh, at the beginning of 2023. This was a market first for PIM applications to have an in-application app store. We did this to bring integrations and extensions um, a lot closer, like a, like a click away, let's say, to our customers, give them, um, you know, rapid access to, to innovation um, from our partners to be able to build custom extensions of their own inside of a SaaS platform. Um, and so this, this really was um, the platform that uh, enabled innovation around AI. We had about, um, over the course of this past year, uh, around about a dozen Uh, applications that were developed uh, leveraging uh, AI to help different parts of the product experience management process. After we took a look over the course of the year of where these were, these dozen or so um, solutions were, were falling in, it was three categories. One was the onboarding and the enriching of product information. So, um, you are either getting information from different sources internally or you're getting it externally or a combination of the two. And you have to merge and match and enrich, complete, error proof, all of that information. Lots of manual tasks there. AI is being applied smartly to uh, that and machine learning. So that's like phase one. Phase two is like the hot topic of generative AI and Um, The most common uh, applications that we saw in this generative AI uh, content enrichment piece was descriptions. So like romance descriptions, you provide the prompt of the attributes and your brand qualities and and descriptions and outputs a prompt for your romance copy for your products. That's the second one. And then the third category of uh, AI powered um, applications that we saw for our product was language uh, translation and localization, which is a really hard uh, challenge to solve uh, where AI comes in handy. And so um, what this empowered us to do was really to see, hey, like who, which of these solutions here is having the most staying power with our customers? Like wh- what are the hardest problems um, that our customers are trying to solve and leverage AI um, to, to accelerate? Uh, which ones do they trust, right? I think AI uh, is inherently, I don't know, fraught might be too much of a word, but inherently um, prone to maybe some mistrust in, around halluciniza- uh, and around hallucinations and making up information that doesn't, uh, is incorrect. Um, and so with that uh, learning that we had from the customer adoption of these 12 applications, we saw that that first problem of real core um, gathering and enriching of information, cleansing, collection, categorization uh, was a super, super hard, super manual and actually a really good problem for AI to solve for. So we acquired one of those applications, a company called Unify, um, earlier this summer. And um, the goal of this acquisition is, obviously, to, to more closely embed that into our core product, but also then to take the learnings of um, all of the other solutions that we have and see how we can um, embed it and embed AI and ML into the various different um, native uh, workflows that we have at, uh, at Akineon in, in our software offering.
2: Uh, talk a little bit about how the existing workflows help the users using AI and i and like to key in on the fact that, uh, AI doesn't always give us the perfect content. It, it usually it always needs like a human to look at it to make sure that it's, it's correct. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about how that, that workflow plus AI helps though help to expedite that content getting to live.
3: Sure. Yeah. So actually I'll, I'll start with, um, the, the problem that you're you're surfacing. I, I was listening to um, you can't get away from, from AI, I guess. Uh, I was listening to NPR. Um, they were doing an interview with Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, that has Bing as a product leveraging AI. Um, and the interviewer before the, before he sat down and, and started talking with Satya asked Bing, the Microsoft search engine, um, to provide him with like a couple of things he would never know about Satya. And it came back with a few things. And one of which was Nadella has actually published a book of poems called To Shorten the Road. And Nadella Satya was like, that's completely fabricated, like c- completely made up. Not true. Which, okay, fine. Maybe that's that's silly, that's there's not a lot of impact there. What's the impact, right? Like, what's the negative, the downside of that? Not too dramatic, but we had a recent customer advisory board session where we heard from several customers. And I'll give you examples of real world impacts where bad product information generated from these um, AI uh, models can can really serve the business in a bad way. So one of our B2B customers sells everything f- that a business needs from like uh, desktop computers and workstations to mobile phones and phone plans, printers, projectors, things like that. So they they started leveraging um, the off the shelf, you know, generative AI solutions. And the information that uh, came back on some of their products, you know, they get information from suppliers and a lot of it's incomplete. And so they, they're looking to, um, have it fill in incomplete information, among other things. Um, and they got back things like for a product uh, listing storage of 64 gigabytes instead of what it actually was, which was 256 gigabytes, because the AI model looked for a similar product and just filled in the blanks. It looked for storage, the attribute storage, similar product, filled in the blank. This is this is bad, right? Like this this would result in a lot of frustration from a business buyer uh, uh, purchasing, you know, thousands of phones. Um, One example, a really much more, let's say, human impact uh, was from a company that is a chemical supply, chemical distributor company, so uh, big, big, uh, manufacturing of, of uh, different types of chemicals, selling of different types of chemicals for uh healthcare industry, for uh, manufacturing industries. So they also used an off-the-shelf model and started reviewing right before they implemented it. The recommendations that were provided um, to fill in those blanks, uh, create the content, they they would have a probably gotten sued by putting that out there in the marketplace, um, but also it would have been like most probably resulted in in death, right? Like mixing the wrong chemicals is not uh, it, it, it's bad, um, and so the impacts here for businesses and getting this wrong and trusting um, AI uh, is 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 hard, right? Like it's it's pretty darn significant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not, you know, like a silly made-up uh, anecdote about, you know, a famous person. Um, and so what we have also noticed is that when you incorporate the AI um, and the, the models into a workflow, that allows for ease of checking with employees, um, humans, right, like introducing um, a checking system, Which is what we have with Unify, right? So the the combination of um, the the product of Unify has built in um, native uh, basically a checkpoint in every single workflow that we have now uh, to make sure that you can check a certain amount, a certain percentage, let's say, of the information that came in. And then it pulls off um, a few more for you to check, right? So it might be uncertain about a few, and then it pulls in a few more in order for them to, to really reinforce the model. And so having automated workflows that help with the human intervention and checking um, is a really powerful, uh, you know, sanity checkpoint for businesses before letting and unleashing um, AI into their into their product experience strategies.
2: And just Keying in in the workflows a little bit uh, again the workflows are, are customizable inside of Akinio right you can you can add remove to the workflow uh,
3: they are highly customizable um, they uh, especially in the um, so all around right so who can have access to it um, what parts of the uh, the product record are allowed to be edited or reviewed or um, modified in any certain way so highly um customizable for the business need and the sort of business workflows that uh that you have um and in addition with now this native um introduction of ai those checkpoints that are coming in uh, alongside
2: yeah that's that such a great example of why uh, you can't depend on AI. To, I mean, it's it's sort of like writing a re- hiring a really good sixth grade writer, right? Who's going to make stuff up if they don't know what they're <laughs> what they're doing, right? That's I mean, AI can be certainly seen as that, or they could even be that uh, arrogant uh, PhD student who, hey, I don't know this, but I'm not going to be wrong, so I'm going to just throw something out there. I, I love what you said about the poet um, that. AI is sometimes going to give you those same type of results, and having mm-hmm. that, um, I, I like to I like the, the workflows inside of Akinio because I love the fact that you can customize it and make it what you need for your team to make it. And you could, you know, having people look at specific items in that in that process to make sure that that content is what the what you number one, it's correct, right? Yes, but then number two is that what what's gonna what the client would like to listen to see as well because I think if we do go back to AI and we just start leaning on it completely um, and letting it run it pretty soon it, you're you're developing content that's for other AI bots to write to listen to and read about this content that a human doesn't really care about.
3: Right? Exactly. Oh gosh. Yeah, that's so meta. Um, right. What is the content that we're going to have in the world someday if it's all just uh, generated and fabricated out of nothing?
2: (laughs) Yeah, good. So, um, you know, look, I I would like to just kind of close out with what I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but some of the predictions that you see coming up now in this next year, what what's the big thing that you think is going to happen um, in terms of product experience and integration into all these other systems that are out there?
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. It's a good question. I would say, you know, obviously, I think AI is going to continue to have impacts here and we, we continue to invest and understand thoughtfully um, how this can improve. Right. I mean, I think this is we have a we have a core business problem that we are solving. And it's like you said, it's having a centralized place, core record for product information, getting it out. Um, to anywhere it needs to go and then full circle optimizing it uh, to make sure that uh, it's it's having the impact you need it to have. And I think making sure that we can leverage AI in smart ways to optimize that and um, keep improving um, the, really, the really great product experience that we offer um, in our application. I think that's definitely something we're going to be focused on uh, uh, in the coming year. And Um, I'm hopeful that um, there will be better awareness of a smart investment in making product experience strategy a C-suite initiative. Uh, We've got, we actually have uh, so many customers coming to our um, upcoming conference in March, I'll plug that, who are talking about just that, right? Making it a C-suite discussion Um, We'll have uh, one of our customers, the CEO um, of carparts.com, coming and talking about that, why this is imperative um, um, strategy for for their business. Um, And I think that's, I'm hopeful, let's say, uh, that that is uh, an unlock uh, that a lot of customers and a lot of companies with products to sell will see in this year. Um, is investing in a product experience strategy.
2: I want to close out with um, a question and maybe a, a sort of a, a thoughtful or a or um, a wish that I would have. I think a lot of people look at AI and they they automatically think of generative AI and mm. developing content. But another great tool for AI and machine learning is 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 refining data, looking at data, and seeing what's performing well. Do you see a complete cycle where? somebody would start with the with their product descriptions inside of akinio it's going to go to some other platform like shopware get fulfilled you'll see that fulfillment inside of google analytics or adobe analytics or whatever tool you're using mm. and then coming back to akinio to to give some suggestions on different ideas for better conversions on that content a is that already happening and b is mm-hmm is that something that, that you see that sort of full circle for product experience? Um, yeah. do you see that happening inside of Akinio?
3: Yeah. You, you've, uh, you, you've been listening, I think to our, uh, <laughs> our, our strategy pitches, um, inside, uh, it's at a Yeah, absolutely. So one of the, the things that we know for certain is that, um, the product experience is driven by much more than what is uh, today solved for inside of a PIM alone, right? A PIM PIM has a very specific application and use case and business need that it's solving for. Um, And we are building around the PIM as part of our product strategy to make sure that all of the components that are served on any given product detail page Um, And those things include some of what you talked about, like the availability of those products, the price of those products, especially if they change um, depending on availability or season or whatnot, Um, user generated content, uh, making sure that Uh, You're able to understand how people are talking about your products. And then maybe that also inputs back into uh, your PIM to better describe them in different ways, to resonate more with the information you learn from user-generated content. All of those things that show up on a product detail page, that's product information. And it deserves analytics in order to be able to understand that interaction between us as business buyers or consumers that information and our purchase and return behavior and so absolutely for certain uh, that's part of our strategy is to make sure that we can seamlessly connect and just analyze and provide recommendations for all of those parts of the the product information and product experience um, process
2: that's awesome thank you and i, I can't wait to see what's what's in the future now it's uh it's exciting so um you're going to be at uh you're, you're coming up you have some conferences you're going to attend and kenya is going to be at a lot of those this especially this spring as the conference cycle comes around you know. um <laughs> but tell us uh, i as we close out i give everybody a chance to do a shameless plug and you're going to plug i think you're going to plug your conference in march but tell us uh what what you'd like to kind of end with today
3: we try to be at a lot of places where uh, any type of uh, business buyer or a consumer uh, company is. And so one of the next ones is NRF uh, in January. So we'll be there in full force. Uh, we've got a speaking session called the Secret to Decreasing Returns While Simultaneously Increasing AOV, CLV, and Overall Sales. So definitely a must-attend uh, must um, session there at NRF. In New York, but then uh, looking ahead into March, absolutely, we have our uh, customer and community um, uh, conference. It's a Kineo Unlock, and you can register today. We've got a lot of great speakers coming to talk about product experience uh, strategy and prioritizing it.
2: Awesome. And where is that?
3: Uh, Actually, we're taking it on tour. We're starting it in March in Boston and then we go to uh, the UK, Germany, and France in May.
2: Awesome, yeah, I was looking forward to that trip to Paris, so.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll still be there, so coming over, it's in May, lovely time awesome. uh, to, to visit Paris.
2: Kristen, it's been such a, a great conversation. Um, we could have spent more time on AI, but I'm glad we, we, we had a lot of really good talking points on just on product experience and how important that is. I, I thank you so much for being here today.
3: Well thanks for having me, Brent. I've had a lot of fun.
2: Um, as one thing I forgot as we close out, how do they get a hold of you and, and what if they what if they're super interested in akinio? what was I, I'm sorry, what was I thinking?
3: Mm, akinio.com it's as simple as that. Uh, please uh, come come visit us on our website and um, you'll find we have actually a great resource page there, several pages deep on uh, AI for PX uh, if you want to learn more about what we've learned on how to apply AI in product experience management.
2: Perfect. And I'll put all those in the show notes. Thank you so much.
3: Great. Thank you.
1: Talk Commerce is a production of Content Basis, LLC. For more creative content, go to contentbasis.io.